the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views of the hosts and guests are their own, and not those of 9.30 a.m. The Answer or Salem Communications. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road. Here's your host, Milton Blake. And happy Christmas Eve. I'm Barry Bess, <laughs> sitting in for Milton Glick. And it's Millburgers Gardening South Texas, but we are not at Millburgers today since the nursery is going to be closed today and tomorrow. So what I've done is I've invited uh, Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch to the very palatious log cabin, the Salem log cabin <laughs> in an undisclosed location to do the Christmas show here for Millburgers. Gentlemen, welcome. And, and so don't call in, right? You can call in if you want to, but so, yeah, we're we, going to be here. Lot. Well, so the board ops going to uh, The board I mean, ops. And, and people, if you do call, you know, they'll explain that uh, oh. we're, we're not uh, live today, but we will be live again next Saturday yeah. and Sunday. Maybe they can take the questions, write them down. Oh, they could take the questions. Yes. That's a, that's why you're here. If, oh. you, if you do have a question, you can... Have our, our board op write it down, and we'll save it for next week, or you could call in well, and next folks, week. Well, folks have learned how to send Jerry and I email. Yeah. That's true. I remember in the old days, uh, of, course, of course, our show goes back so far that the old days are before the computer, <laughs> for before email, but uh, we didn't, uh, at least I didn't get a lot of emails, but I get a lot now. Uh, people just yeah. communicating more that way, or or maybe... I guess I work for the San Antonio Water System or Texas A&M, and uh, maybe it w- we weren't as inclined to give out email addresses, but uh, uh, we get a lot of I know yeah. you get a lot, and I get a lot of email. Let's yeah. see. Is your, is your email posted on your uh, – uh, Some paper? of my articles, yeah. Not not on the uh, Express News, okay. but, but all, all the New Braunfels and oh, Floresville okay. and, and all the, the, the rural newspapers. They ought to put Posting. it on. The, put it on in Express. Express um, I'll have to go through that with them again. I think I've. I think I've gone through. Oh, okay. Well, if, if people want to know what is the what's a good email to send, we're not telling. Oh, come on. <laughs> Be nice. Come on. Well, Jerry's of course is at PlantAnswers dot com. Yeah. Jerry Parson, J E R R Y, P A R S O N S at PlantAnswers dot com. Right. And Fairly I'm, easy to remember. Very easy. And I'm Calvin R. Finch, all lowercase, at gmail.com. And the R is that middle initial in there. That's what most people forget. Calvin R. Finch at gmail.com. So you can get, you can send the emails, ask your questions, and we'll get them answered next, uh, next weekend when well, we're back live. Yeah, and... Of course, it's more fun if you do it on the on the radio. Oh yeah, because that's the best part of it. Because you get people that 
Or if they come down to the nursery when we're there live, they'll come down and they'll bring their plant that they're having a question about, or they'll bring a branch of it, and, if, and they can actually show you. They can't, we can't see it on the radio, but it's nice that they're able to come down there and they'll um, ask the questions. And even what's great about it is they'll have a question about a plant that maybe they're going to get at Millburgers, and mm-hmm. they'll ask you guys what they should do, and then they'll go get it yeah. right at the nursery. And yeah. you also get to figure out just they ask the first, their first question, but we have to know background. Mm-hmm before we can really diagnose it. So it's nice yeah, because to talk to people we're in person. Our goal is, of course, environmentally appropriate and successful gardening. We were, uh, There's no future in uh, telling people to grow the wrong things right. or the wrong way to grow them. You want them, you want them to have fun and have the plants turn out the way you expect them. But that, and that's sometimes why you'll see Jerry and I uh, hedge a little bit, or uh, hedging's not good, uh, we say this is what you've got to watch out for on this particular plant. It doesn't always work well here. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, there's there's this one in my neighborhood that's just beautiful, and that yeah. that happens a lot. There's, a, you know, if 25% of the plants, of a certain plant's magnolias, when I think of, uh, turn out beautiful, uh, but there's 75% that don't make it through the juvenile, the, the, juvenile to their young stages, age, yeah. yeah. They just uh, die from our alkaline soil. So Ma- uh, magnolias are kind of that way. So they, they sometimes they hang on, but uh, how they get yellow the first five years. You know the when was it? Two thousand eleven, I think, was kind of the wipeout yeah. year. Yeah, for that's, that took care. Magnolia. The drought took care of uh, I most w- of them. I was thinking we still had one in my neighborhood, a big showy one, but I, I don't. It's not there anymore. So yeah, we lost all of them, and we had a number of uh, magnolias. They're big, huh? Yeah, they were big and, be- and beautiful. You know, you just, it was an example of uh, people cited that as, well, it grows, my neighbors, it grows mm-hmm. well here, so I should try it too. But that's dep- so dependent on uh, weather conditions and quite often on long term weather conditions. I want to ask uh, okay, we have a very different soil type here in this part of the country as opposed to any anywhere else is there is there specific like um outside of san antonio maybe hill country that that are that stuff will grow in the hill country that won't grow here and vice versa some things you know we talk about the fruit trees Mm -hmm. where you get more cool cold weather in the winter time although that's one probably one of the topics we'll talk about today is this has been this has been a, a a great winter in terms of getting Getting some cool weather, mm-hmm. not severely cold, so not there's like a lot freezing, of damage, yeah. but uh, cool weather so the chemistry of fruit trees and other other plants can reload and the, those plants that need a, a chill period, like peaches or plums, uh, the indica- you know, if it continues the way it's going, right. it... Uh, it's a good chance they'll do better than they did you last year. Of course, they can't do any worse than they did last year. <laughs> but I don't want to jinx it either, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, we want to. So what's both, a, both Jerry and I are, have our fingers crossed here. So, so that, what's like a good temp, winter-type temperature for this chill? What, what would be about a good area to be in? 32 to 45, we always say. Right. So, But not, not a constant, like a hard freeze, like. Well, it doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. But if it goes for a long period of time, like well, yeah, there's not there's not there's not as much value in it for chilling yeah. freezing temperatures as there are those mm-hmm. as 32 to 45. But 
you always expect some freezing temperatures, and, and uh, it's not a problem. And so, that's, that's why varieties are so important. Right. Uh, this last year was a good example of that uh, when our most recommended variety, uh, 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 not spring go, June, so, June go. Yeah. Didn't, didn't fruit, did it? Didn't no, bloom. for the first time, I mean, even even back when I raised peaches yeah. for a living, June gold was always a reliable uh, peach uh, species, even though it would, well, it could tolerate high chill and uh, usually tolerate low chill, but this year it just didn't perform. The only one I had, and I think a lot of people, Florida King. Oh, that's, that, that's, that my, well. that's my number one peach for down here. Now, if you if you have get a lot of cool weather and you have some of the later ripening peaches, the quality doesn't necessarily uh, compare. But if you're looking for a a peach that you can harvest in May, consistent with our uh, generally warm winters, that that Florida King is hard to beat. Yeah, it's good. It's nice big, relatively large peaches. And it's sort of, let's say it's it's not freestone, is it? I don't think no, it's free. No, that that means where the the middle, the pith, uh, comes out easily, rather than you, you have to cut it off of the the uh, seed. Uh, free stone. That's what that means. And I think the first free stone is La Feliciana. Yeah, probably. June goes not free stone. No, not. I th- I've heard people describe it as semi. Yeah, that's what I have too. Yeah, and and. June Gold has got some issues, you know. It's the probably the peach variety that's most likely to split, um, and so that that can be an issue uh, when you're doing a co- commercial orchard. You got you, you have a lot of peaches that you have to move into the second. Yeah, you can't you know can't Category. number they're not number one peaches. Yeah, but they but they taste good, uh, and they're consistent. So still. I guess Florida King we talk about and still talk about June Gold and then we talk about La Felinciana, which yeah. is, which means you got to take care of the peach for another month. That, and that, when we have hot weather and all those insect pressures, that another month is pretty challenging. And you were asking about, uh, well, I don't know if you were asking about this, but uh, you, sure were, you were talking about reversing... The chill, uh, mm-hmm. what, if the cold weather does harm. Yeah, if it if it's too cold for too like below like freezing for too long, is that it'll never get that away in San Antonio? Well, we didn't think we were going to get a bunch of snow like we did a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> but it came. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, the heat the it reverses. Yeah, you hours. can you can be like like think, I'm thinking right now. This is just perfect. We're moving in. We're getting a little chill. We're yeah. hardening off the mm-hmm. the trees, and if it keep, continues doing this, we might get some good crops. But like Jerry says, all it takes is a ten day hot spell in the to middle of February, or right. so to reverse uh, to set everything back. I always thought, and I, I, when I moved down here in 1994, I guess I always thought that February was the coldest month. In this part of the, in San Antonio and South Texas, I always say January. Yeah. I always I always felt because I guess the first winter that I was here, which would have been the winter of uh, ninety late ninety four ninety five, we had a huge freeze, 
um, it was in the winter of 95. It was a huge, huge freeze. And I just remembered the, the roads were iced up, the overpasses, no, this, the whole city yeah. shut down. So I always, acclaim, I always thought in my head, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it's been over the years it's changed, but I always thought February was the coldest uh-huh. month. <clears throat> well, you can. Well, you, you remember when that a hard freeze was? <laughs> it was the week. It was the week of Christmas Day. Oh, that was a different one. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Was February of '95? Ice. You're talking about yeah, ice. Ice. But it you know that that's just shows the well, the one thing we have is erratic weather. Mm-hmm. We really have. <laughs> I mean, you, you have those spells of drought because my my wife. When uh, she and her husband came from uh, South Africa, this was, uh, I don't know, 35 years ago, she, she says it just rained every day here. She, she, she was just, <laughs> she thought, never see the sun. And she told me about this what, when I'm out there. You're in San Antonio? Yeah. Oh. I'm out there dying of the heat, you know. And she's saying, yeah, I, I was sure wrong when I imagined that, that this was a uh, wet uh, climate that, that never we never <laughs> saw the sun. I say you sure were, mm-hmm. but uh, we've gone through spells like that. Yeah, and it's it's either feast or famine. I find with the weather in that, South Texas, and that's why horticultural crops are so hard to raise mm. in this area. You know, you want you want to be able to predict. You want to be able to make some commitments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> yeah, people like H E B and mm-hmm. when I, where I was in East Texas, the Brookshire Brothers. They make this commitment, I'll buy everything that you can produce. And, uh, of course, it's not true, but but they, <laughs> but they it's they're pretty safe because the uh, weather is so erratic that you, uh, you know, it's not like producing something in California or even some of the parts of Texas that have a, a more stable climate, yeah. central, uh, uh, Mahia and those type of areas. Do you know how I predict cold? When you go outside in the morning, no. if it's cold or not? Watch Milton if he's wearing shorts or not. If he's wearing shorts, yeah. It's, he, it's warm. It's warm enough. If he <laughs> has to put on pants, then uh, then we know it's cold. Uh, if you're just tuning in, this is Millburgers Gardening South Texas. I'm Barry Bess. Uh, we are not live from Millburgers today because the nursery is closed today and tomorrow for Christmas. Uh, we'll be back live, of course, uh, next weekend. Uh, but don't forget, Millburgers, uh, 1604 and Balverde Road. Head out there on Tuesday when they're going to be open once again. And, of course, next weekend we'll take your calls. But you can email um, your questions, and we can get answers to them um, next weekend when we're back live. No, we didn't make any commitment about answering them. They just well, said we could email. You can email them. Uh, and, then, yeah. and then somebody will answer them. Now, if you make me or Milton answer them, oh, then no. these people are going to be we're way... Not, we're, no, we're, we we're, not that 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 we're not that desperate. No, we don't <laughs> want to do that to people. Uh, so, you know, uh, just uh, email your uh, questions. Or if you'd like, you can call the radio station right now, and somebody will take your question and write it down and save it for uh, for the guys for next weekend um i want to get into a couple of things as we go along in our uh in our palatious salem uh, log cabin here for our christmas uh christmas show i want to talk about some of the things that people should be doing now that we're in the end of december first part of january um some of the things maybe that we can look forward to as we get into the new year um and some of the uh maybe some just uh things that you guys in um 
some of your Christmas memories, some of the things that you really that spark a, uh, uh, something in in your head as far as uh, the traditions maybe that you have in your families. Uh, oh, the best Christmas gift. The best Christmas gift, and and you know because like um, <laughs> uh, Jerry is from Tennessee, right. um, Calvin's from uh, Minnesota, and I'm from Canada, so we all have different traditions. So we'll get into some of that and. Um, just a nice, easy kind of uh, kind of day here on Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Um, again, Millburgers is closed today. Uh, we'll reopen on Tuesday. They'll be closed today and tomorrow for uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Got to give the staff some time. Got to get Trace some time off. He's, yeah, uh, he's, he's yeah. there like every day of the week, isn't he, practically? <laughs> except um, Tuesday. Except Tuesday. Tuesday, he actually gets a day off? I think Tuesday's his day off. He really doesn't probably. He's no, probably, we we call him if yeah, we have a question. If we, yeah, so um, so if you're trying to call yeah, him, and you, if you think he's grumpy on Saturdays, uh, no, Tuesdays, you know what? He's even grumpy. You know what I find? He's he's in a really good. He's in a okay mood on Saturdays. Sundays, kind of tired. <laughs> kinda, he's getting kind of tired. But uh, yeah, we we really appreciate all that he does, and what we really appreciate and are thankful. To um, everybody at, at Millburgers for all that they do, I I've been over there a few times now in the past few weeks to do the show with you guys, and I see them. They're running around. They're they're helping people. It's it's a it's a great nursery. I know we have a lot of great nurseries in in San Antonio, but to me, Millburgers, the the staff and the crew there are just top notch. And uh, we'll ca- talk a little bit more about the nursery. We'll talk a little bit more about Christmas traditions and talk a little bit more about what you need to be doing for your plants as we are in the end of December and the first part of January. We'll do more of that coming up on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by choir Folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe. Well, not a white Christmas we had. A little bit of a white Christmas a couple yeah. of weeks back. Yeah. But it's Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. I'm Barry Bess, in for Milton Glick. I'm here with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. And it's our very special Christmas Eve show as the nursery is closed today. But we are coming to you from the palatious Salem Log Cabin. And we've got a nice fire going and we got some hot chocolate going and Calvin's still upset because I didn't bring any pastries, but yeah. you know. Well, I'm just hoping that the firemen get that fire out before. Well, you know what? I didn't way. have enough time to build the fireplace, so I just had to put a trash bin up yeah. there. Oh, geez. so you know, it, it, it'll be fine. But you know, if you feel that it's getting a little too warm, then yeah. I've got a fire extinguisher back here. Yeah, that's good. Fine. That's good. You only have to stay a couple of hours. The rest of the, yeah. the radio crew has. Yeah, and like, if the smoke alarm goes off, yeah. then you know we'll just kind of we'll kind of ignore it. Um, but again, oh, it's Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. We are um, pre-recorded today because the nursery is going to be closed today for Christmas Eve and tomorrow for Christmas Day. But back at it uh, the day after, I suppose they're going to have some pretty good sales on. I after. was just thinking that. 
Um, I'll go and uh, we'll go take a look at the website. I don't know if they would have anything up just no, yet, but no. uh, I'm, I'm sure because they'll have pretty By good Tuesday. Well, By and if you got Tuesday a gift way. certificate oh, yeah. for Christmas from uh, Millburgers, uh, it's, it's a, a good idea to kind of check on those yeah. specials right after Christmas. As we talked about leading up to Christmas a couple of weeks ago, yeah. like the gift card for a for You know, a, you can... A lot of us, or, or some of us, don't. You don't always get the uh, presents to folks uh, on time, or you're going to visit somebody after Christmas between New Year's or something. So, a gift certificate is still not. It's still a pretty good idea because mm-hmm. it 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 re- reveals that you're thinking about. You know, you've identified the person as a gardener, mm-hmm. and you've ident- identified some place that they'd like like to go and they can pick out what they want and they'll like what they pick out and that's mail burgers so uh th- think about that if you if you uh uh all of us i think get to the to that time yeah. to that week and say oh mm-hmm. i should have got them right. a gift or i forgot and, uh, that and it's the easy uh, thing it's not you know it's really not just for christmas time but it's all year round if you wanted to get like we talked about a beginning gardener you know, that's one of the things you get them is a gift card, and they can go there, and they can go crazy and buy their, the tools they need, get some of the plants that they want, that they, f- they feel like, um, you know, will be beneficial for them and be in, in their yard or whatever. And they can also come by when uh, the show is on, noon to 2, Saturday and Sundays. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, children, and there were, we, we all remembered some responses. Uh, we saw kids responding to gardening and uh, and boy, that is—it's uh, really worthwhile for a small gardening gift or create their own garden. That—that uh, that really might affect their whole mm-hmm. life. It might make them much more um, satisfied. It's a—it's a great hobby even yeah. for young people. So, because you're—you're you're right in saying that. You know, in, in everything, you know, getting the kids involved is important and when you're talking about um gardening and stuff like that if you get the kids interested at a young age because they're excited because they get their little tools and they get to go out there they plant their little plant and then they get to see it grow and hopefully that'll lead into um a long gardening career now we have to we have to take this with a little grain of salt i don't know if jerry and his kids but my my grandfather was a really a, a avid gardener, and all of us grandkids learned and appreciated it because we didn't have to do it every day with him. Mm-hmm. And you know it was not it was not. But you talked to you know my wife, whose father always had not gardening uh, fun, but gardening tasks yeah, and, yeah. to do. And then my father just was not interested in gardening just because of that reaction to my grandfather. <laughs> my kids, I think I was a little m- more moderate, but uh, for a while they, they were not too interested in gardening. Now they're they're older, and so they're, yeah, yeah, they're into uh, it sometimes a, that a little works. bit. They remember you doing mm-hmm. it or your, their grandfather doing it, and uh, they finally decided. How about, how about your kids? Are they any of them avid gardeners or do they rely on you or uh i think they rely on me so they're no, not no, they're no. not they don't have the interest yeah. or is no. It, no so so uh, that yeah you can do it in moderation yeah what about the grandkids no no well we because know you know the famous story of uh jerry and his grandson and the 
broccoli uh, patty. Broccoli. No. Oh, they, they managed a, about a two-acre broccoli <laughs> patch. He likes broccoli. Some, yeah. And uh, Jer- Jerry did all the work, and yeah. my grandson did. Uh, was always testing the broccoli to yeah, see if it was ready it was okay. and, <laughs> and uh, really upset. You know, there's this is huge field of broccoli, uh. <laughs> and they're gonna they're gonna overwhelm the whole family. But the grandson was uh, upset if he, Jerry was trying to share. Uh. <laughs> you know, this, so he thought this that is, whole two acres. This was is our yeah. broccoli. Right. He, he yeah. loved fresh broccoli. He needed green, really, straight like out right, of the right out of the garden. That's, right the out best, of the garden. that's the best way because when I was growing up, my mom, God rest her soul, she cooked everything to death. Yeah. The broccoli, spinach, everything was mushy. Cauliflower yeah. was yeah. mushy. I'm a, I'm a like raw, eat it out of the garden or eat it right off there of you the, go. the store. Uh, that's probably what kind of turned me off to vegetables when I was a kid is because mm-hmm. mom, that's the way that she knew how to cook it. She just cooked the heck out of it. Well, we, we, when I, I was growing up, I, I was in college. Uh, we never ate broccoli. Never ate broccoli, and uh, I got I got some north north of Tennessee, Kentucky, or somewhere. Picked up some uh, broccoli one time and ate it, and uh, didn't didn't let my mother she she overcooked stuff too, and uh, didn't let her near it, and uh, that's where I learned to love love broccoli, but uh, that 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 boy and I. Planted that whole garden full of broccoli. Uh, he was he was impressed. Of course, he was he wouldn't wait. He he when he first saw that little head and that little broccoli head, uh, he wanted to harvest it. So I had to uh, uh, shoo him away until. Uh, I see. I never I never understand that. A lot of people that grow greens and broccoli do that, and then. Three weeks later, they got more than they can deal with. You know, they're throwing it in a compost pile. I said, let them use it when you can use it. Well, yeah, when you see it, uh, broccoli and cauliflower. But uh, like I said, kids, you know, you always talk about around Christmas time, you get these elaborate gifts for your for your children mm-hmm. and grandchildren. Right. And uh, they have more fun playing with the box than they do with the Oh, I know. With the, with My the, son was the yeah. exact same way. You get him this nice, like, you know, like little tricycle or something <laughs> like that that I always have to put together. He playing with the box. It's like, well, dude, I'm, you know. Um, yeah, you, you, you know, you talk about your influences with, you know, your children. If they, Are they going to be gardeners? Uh-huh. Well, and, and when I was growing up, we grew up on a farm, and our garden was a necessity. That was our vegetable garden. We didn't. Mom did some um, flowers and plants around, you know, flower mm-hmm. beds and stuff like that. So my gardening experience was kind of a more of a chore. I had to do, yeah. I had to go hoe yeah. the, you know, the garden, or had to, you know, cut down, you know, at the end of the end of the harvest, you know, cut down the corn or whatever. I just did not like it. It was just like because <laughs> it was too much like work. But if it was in a situation, I guess, where if it was not necessity and that was your chore was to do you know, help with the garden, and I probably would have gotten, a, uh, liked it a little bit more, because I never, ever, I always, every plant I've ever owned dies. I can't figure out how to keep it growing, and I'm talking about easy plants. To, yeah, to, you've to been around melting too much. I think I, I have. Yeah, how is that? I mean, 
Do we, when we recruit radio professionals, do yeah, they have to we, be we don't want them to dismal know. See, this failures? Is, they might Atlanta. take over the show. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah oh, right? Because if we know too much, there you go. Then, <laughs> so. No, that's why you're the experts. There and you go. You're the experts, and I'm just the guy. And saying, I thought it was because we went to university for PhDs. What, you know? <laughs> what university was that? Well, uh, Texas A&M for oh, me. Is that? Is there? Okay. Kansas State for Jerry. Kansas State. Oh, really? And a UT graduate. You went Kansas State and then UT? University of Ten- Tennessee. University of Tennessee, the other UT. The, the original. The ori- oh, is the that all the, the original? Oh. The original UT. What, is, it, is it older than U- oh, University of Lord, Texas? Oh, good Lord, yes. Is it? Okay. Even before Texas was a state. Really? Yeah. No. It was old. Really? Oh, see, I learn something new every day <laughs> when I'm on the show. With you. I should remember true. some of it. I can't remember a lot of it, but um, so yeah. So you going back to you know, um, is gardening hereditary? Is it something that's in your blood? I guess I, I think it is. Uh, but it, I got a, a niece uh, that's a dentist. Uh, I mean, she's a or, oral hygienist. I think they call her, mm-hmm. and. Uh, she lives in North Carolina, and uh, she never gardened, and her, her father was a surgeon. My brother was a surgeon, and so uh, she never grew anything at all, and now she is the gardener of the family. Right. I mean, she in North Carolina, where they got pretty good soils and, mm-hmm. and everything, and uh, she's growing everything, really but, gotten into the gardening. So I, I I think she gets that from uh, uh, her great great gra- her great grandmother mother. When my, we were my grandmother. When we were doing uh, I don't this must have been twenty years ago and we were doing analysis of the kind of audience we'd have in the radio show or uh, articles. <clears throat> um, something like fifty percent of the people that listened considered th- themselves. Interested in loving gardening and didn't do any gardening, but they right. were, but they were planning on it. Mm-hmm. Was something they were going to do when they got older, or when their situation changed. You know, they're young people starting out a job or with y- y- young children, but they are old people that have yeah not able to garden anymore. Yeah, they like to listen to the show. And even yeah, some of the uh, and older folks that used to garden a lot, I. They're they're kind of enjoyable too because they yeah. they remember and then they quite often they'll call to to let us know that we uh, <laughs> we forgot a, something or there a was serious mistake. yeah this is the way we used to do yeah. it. You see know? that's what you like when you get the people that call in and go well you know I heard you talk about this but I you know and then they not that they're correcting but they're giving their opinion yeah, on how they yeah. feel yeah, and we, that well, don't, they, we don't mind that they oh. correct some too uh, yeah one of ours was uh, for the longest time. I was talking about a pound of slow-release lawn fertilizer per every cup, and finally one of our listeners just just had heard enough couldn't, of it. Couldn't he said, stand it anymore. I, huh? You know, I I don't mean to offend you, but <laughs> just me, just weigh that again. Have you weighed that lately? Uh. That's, that's tw- twice as heavy. As, I mean, it's like one half as heavy as you are actually saying it is. And I said, yeah. So we had to go check, and mm. sure enough, he was absolutely right. So what is it now for? Half a pound per cup. Half a pound per cup. Yeah. Okay. So then it, that that kind of so relieved me. I used to pound. moan and groan at Jerry because he recommended so much fertilizer. 
but it, uh, you know, actually it turned out that it, it was half as much as I was thinking he, he yeah. was recommending. So, folks, sometimes Jerry and Calvin aren't right, but about 99% of the time you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe 80, Maybe. 89. 89? You're really yeah. going to go that low? 89? Yeah. You're going to yeah. lowball at that? Yeah. Okay. But you can almost you can almost guarantee that uh, they'll figure it out and they'll find <laughs> out what the right answer is. And we're going to come back here in a little bit. This is our uh, Christmas Eve show. The nursery is closed today and tomorrow for Christmas. Uh, nursery should be back open on Tuesday, and we'll be back live next weekend, Saturday and Sundays at noon, right here on Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on nine thirty a.m. The answer. He's just around the corner tonight. He'll be flying. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be clear. Uh, I bet they'll be tracking him on the weather. Yeah, they'll be doing that starting pretty soon. It's Christmas Eve. It's Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. I'm Barry Bess, in for Milton Glick. Um, here in the palatious, beautiful Salem log cabin for this very special Christmas edition with uh, Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch and um, before the break, we were kind of talking about, you know, is, is gardening in your blood? Is it something that, you know, your kids enjoy or uh, your grandkids enjoy? Um, I've, and we kind of come to the conclusion that is, I think that it's all depends on the person and the time that they have. Because it does take time. It's not like something you can just yeah. do in a couple of minutes yeah. once a week. It's something you have to really dedicate yourself to. And a lot of people just don't have the time, but yeah. um, I think it's I'm I'm wanting. To, I live in an apartment, so I'm limited. And I figured out because where my windows are in the apartment, I got absolutely no sunlight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm kind of out of the loop as far as doing anything indoor planting is concerned. And it's pretty much there's no real um, all the any kind of ground cover that's around my building is all pretty much rock. Yeah. There's no real ground cover. Well, most people, whether they're gardening or not, won't, are interested in plants. Uh, when, when I used to do the uh, uh, Ken's uh, TV program, uh, I'd have a lot of older, elder, elderly people come up to me that couldn't, didn't have, maybe didn't have a place to garden or uh, quit gardening because of health reasons, but uh, they they enjoyed watching. Mm-hmm. They enjoyed watching, and Steve Brown's uh, garden is a good testimony. Yeah. thirty second, uh, thirty second segment. Uh, I don't know. You know, I do it with Steve maybe twelve times a year or fourteen times, but I guess he does it maybe another 
24 times yeah. mentioned just mentions the gardener show shows a little segment and people are interested in that. that's right and uh, all the time i spend on articles and radio that those little 30 second segments i do that, that that's where people remember you oh yeah 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 you're the guy that's with Steve Brown. Right? Uh, <laughs> can't remember your name. I, can't remember. I know you're with Steve. Steve Brown, yeah. <laughs> so as, I, as we mentioned, Millburgers is not open today. Uh, it's not open tomorrow for Christmas. We'll be back open on the 26th. So if you've gotten those uh, Millburgers gift cards before uh, Christmas, you can go out and um, I'm sure they'll be pretty busy um, on Tuesday with a lot of people coming and getting their goodies. Um, that they uh, can get with their Millburgers well, Hopefully card. they'll be busy, too, because this is the best time of the year to plant shade trees. And, is it? Yeah, and uh, and shrubs. If you've been planning on doing it, uh, you want to, you know, go ahead and do it. To, now, of course, you don't want to play, play in the mud, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, sure you do. That's yeah, the best part. <laughs> it, uh, it's cool out there to dig the holes, and there's moisture in the soil, so it's relatively easy. And then the best thing is for the plants, it uh, gives them a chance to, you know, we talk about root, not many roots grow when the weather is cold, but they do, a uh, newly planted tree or shrub uh, puts out some feeder roots and right. gets ready for the spring. And, uh, boy, that's the best thing for the plant uh, and for in terms of long-term success. Uh, get those in. And then a lot of times uh Plants will be on sale. And then the, one of the big things now is the uh, CPS uh, rebate. If you're a CPS customer, they'll give you $50 towards uh, shade trees if you plant them according to their specifications and the varieties that they recommend. And, of course, the varieties they recommend are the same ones that uh, we've identified as the best trees for right. for this area. But uh, th- think about that. Uh, you know, remember back in the summer, and you said, well, I've got to get that shade tree planted, or we need a shade tree, and uh, comfort. And then, of course, CPS is involved because it uh, reduces your air conditioning and costs and your power uh, uses. And then property values. And then uh, a lot of times people say, well, it's, trees are so slow. But really, they aren't. You know, you plant one five or six years from now. Some of them, some of them that we talk about, the te- Texas red oaks, the Mexican white oak, some of them are really f- Spanish. Uh, I mean, Mexican uh, sycamore, they mm-hmm. grow really fast. Yeah. And so you got a wonderful, high-quality shade tree adds value to your property, plus does all those uh, j- jobs like uh, reducing your electric costs and providing shade that you want it to, too. So... Uh, think about that and uh, uh, consider uh, in uh, January or con- even uh, this next week, kind of look at it in terms of a shade tree and and put, uh, go ahead and check out the trees that are available at your favorite nursery. And uh, we're always talking about uh, how, how we like Millburgers. They sponsor our show, so we obviously like them. But we also like them because they carry uh, uh the best best trees for this area and and no uh rogue rogue trees or trees that are going to cause a problem day, later down the line now the reason that this comes to mind is uh the, i think they had a tree giveaway in town 
and uh, we we my my group inherited some of the some of the uh, extras, and uh, they sent them to me. Let's see, it was about five or six selections in there that were specifically for alkaline soils. I mean, for for acid soils. East Texas. Yeah, Loblolly Pines. Or... Yeah, absolutely. That was that's the one first on the, on the list, and uh, and that thing does not uh, not does not do well in uh, in. Uh, Lasts uh, about five uh, years in my neighborhood. My neighbor right in behind planted a whole the whole uh, forest. Small ones, or yeah, may, and had me come over and look at it and said how beautiful beautiful it looked and everything. And I said, oh my lord. Uh. <laughs> I said, I, I hate to be bearer of bad tidings, but I don't think they're going to last longer than five years. And they did. None of not a one of them lasted. Did it, impre- did it impress the neighbor that you knew that? Uh, no, they quit talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like they those trees would have. If I'd given them some encouragement, those trees would have made it, even though uh, they, no. they don't like <laughs> alkaline soil. And we, uh, uh, some of my volunteers potted all these plants up. And there's about five species that are, are specifically for East Texas. So I uh, I I get uh, some What else did you have? Gum uh, uh, gum uh what is that one? I forget that I didn't didn't bring yeah. a little listing, but Loblolly was pine, was first on the list. And uh I <laughs> the uh we decided we're gonna give them to Greg Grant over in uh, yeah, Tyler. That's a good idea. Uh, and those loblolly pine, I don't know if they'd, they'd make it in uh, Wilson County or that area. You know, that's kind of marginal right yeah. there. They might make it in uh, Bastrop. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of the Bastrop's kind of the edge. Is that is that the, what is the pine in that is in Bastrop? Is it mostly loblollies? I think so. Yeah. They do fine there. Yeah. But west of that, alkaline soil. Yeah. But anyway, so that, they were heartbroken when they said, well, what do you think about our tree list? I said, forget it. We're not selling those things. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to my original point, uh, Millburger does not carry stuff or have available stuff that is uh, is not adapted to this area. So, uh, uh, and and some of the big, big, big box stores do have. Uh, for instance, uh we were talking about living Christmas trees several times, and uh, uh, when we found out the problem with Elderica pine or Afghan pine, and some of you listening may have bought some of those as a living Christmas tree, I would I would uh, encourage you, if you bought an Elderica or sometimes called Afghan or Mondale pine from a big box store or, or a nursery, something like that, uh, do not plant it in your landscape. Otherwise, you're going to have 10 years of rapid growth and uh, a year of having to have the thing removed because of the diseases and the insects that uh, that we have in this area. Yeah, it we kills went, them after about 10 years. We had a huge, a lot of, a lot of the Afghan pines were planted, very attractive, and as Jerry said, they grew fast. And supposedly, you know, they're from um, Afghanistan, Afghanistan <laughs> they, which has alkaline soil and not much of it, and 
and has erratic uh, water and everything. But uh, after about that 10, 10 years, the diseases and those insects <laughs> caught up with them, and they almost all of them are gone. Yeah. And they do that uh, in West Texas, too. Uh, I was talking to horticulturists out there, and they said I was complaining about the Afghan pine. They said, well, they, they die out here, too, in West Texas. Hmm. So uh, anywhere there's alkaline soils. And, you know, they were using Afghan for Christmas trees. I mean, cut Christmas oh, trees. Well, one of the Christmas in, tree in growers Wilson County. did uh, years ago did, too, and had Virginia pines and Afghan pines. There you go. Yeah, so, yeah, they're, you got you got to be careful. Now, if you want a nice-shaped it's not a pine, but uh, the Arizona cypress, Arizona cedar. What am I? Is it Arizona cypress? Yeah. 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 You now that's actually a native out there in far west Texas, but of course mostly in Mexico and in Arizona and those places. But that 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 is a tree that's uh, stood the test of time and uh, has a nice cone shape. Doesn't grow as fast as the Afghan pine, but uh, tough. Drought tolerant yeah. looks good. You can get some with a really blue color too, so and, they're they're pretty neat. And don't get that confused with Leland cypress. Yeah, we don't like Leland. Yeah, I saw the. Uh, you know, we talked about the new saws plant recommendation. Uh oh. And there's a big picture of Leland cypress in there, and I said, "What in the world?" Did they I recommend thought, it? Yeah, I thought, wow, we went. I thought we uh, learned our lesson at Fort Sam. Yeah. Well, what's it, what's wrong with that particular? Cypress? It does. Well, it's well, they, you know it's a plant that's used uh, California and uh, and, it, and they got it. They recommended it at all the bases, defense institutions, mm -hmm. and uh, it just it does not. For some reason, our weather and our soil, the combination, did not suit it, and they just died off. They were just row after row planted in San Antonio and. I don't think you'll find too many of them now that are yeah, alive. Yeah, nice looking drought you know, got them. Still. Yeah. Nice looking when you planted them, but but they just don't last. Yeah. Are but are your fam favorite Colorado spruce mm -hmm. that everybody loves? Yeah. But not down here. No, it just does not work down here. Uh -uh. Yeah, yeah, that, that too was, hot. Colorado spruce is a nice. That was what a wonder, wonderful uh, landscape, ornamental mm -hmm. shape, color. Uh, lots of different varieties, mm -hmm. but doesn't work here. You'll have to find something else to work. Deodora cedar. So yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is a lot of it like um, when you're trying to figure out what plants and trees would work here in the San Antonio, South Texas area? Is it just a lot of hit and miss? I've been down like years ago saying, well, let's try this. And then how long does it take before you figure out, nah, that will never work here? Yeah, well, it's... That's what it is, and you know one of Jerry's uh, programs is re the research program. Uh, te testing is one of the mm -hmm. things that we do. Now, of course, it's tough to it's tough to test a tree because you know for it takes so long. Yeah, for seven years it may look very well and, and per perfect, and then the ten years or twenty years, it's yeah. some disease catches up to it. But uh, that's what you do with plant varieties yeah. and shrubs and 
Um, I guess with the plant, like the plants and the shrubs, it's easier to determine because they're uh, quicker growth. Absolutely. That's good. See, I'm getting there. (laughs) I'm moving out of the beginner stage. Uh, We're going to come up uh, here. We got the news coming up here in just a little bit. We got another hour to go of the very special Christmas Eve edition of Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Millburgers at 1604 and Bulverde Road closed today. It'll be closed tomorrow for Christmas Day. Back open on Tuesdays. You can go spend all of those uh, gift cards that you got, and you can get all your your plants, your um, your maybe your your trees. You can get that at Millburger starting on Tuesday. We'll be back live on the air um, next weekend from uh, Millburgers at 1604 and Balverde Road. We're going to take a quick little break as we hope you're having a uh, very joyous Christmas Eve, getting everybody together or the family together. Whether you do your Christmas on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, we hope you're having a very special day. We'll be right back on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 a.m., the answer. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out We're back with Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back. Second hour of our special Millburgers Christmas edition. We are not live today. Um, I'm alive. Alive, yes. Live, not on the air live. Oh, okay. All right. It's kind of like a... I just wanted to know that I kind of... You're... Non non active over here. Is that like a cut Christmas tree versus a Christmas tree with its roots still yeah. intact? I don't know. Well, your roots are still intact. It's just that we're not. We're going to replant them next weekend when we're back live on the air. See, we're not live on the air right now, but uh, we. But people you, are listening. There seems to be no future in this discussion. Uh, my, we could we could go th- on. You think my root is still alive? It might, well, you better be. Okay. You're still talking, right? Okay. Okay. So I think you're. I think you're good. I think you're. you're I think your roots are pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, I think. I'm, I think, think so. maybe you ought to change the subject. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know about the fertilizer part of it, so we're all we're all good with that. Um, it is Millburgers Gardening South Texas. I'm Barry Best, and for Milton Glick, and along with me, as you've already heard, Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Fincher have been doing this for what twenty years ish. This show. This show plus. I've been, Milton thinks I've been doing it since 2000. So that would be 17 17 years. years. And Calvin started. Yeah, I went to, let's see, I did my stint in Austin in 99. So I started in 98, I believe. What is it now? Maybe 97. (laughs) Well, it's around 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's 20 years. And um, we're just sitting here kind of talking about and as we get into the end of December, first part of January, what's some of the things you should be doing as far as your uh, plants are concerned? We, uh, Jerry and I, during the commercial or during the news, we uh, chatted about uh, in the vegetable garden, a lot of action in the vegetable garden. We're harvesting broccoli and cauliflower, even Brussels sprouts are starting now, all the greens. Uh, but we also have a, a problem that we don't see every year. It depends on the garden. Not uh, not as severe as this year. Yeah, cucumber beetles or little green beetles 
a fly that uh, really are interested in spinach and and uh, not not well some th- this year they they haven't hit the kale but usually I see them in the kale but the uh, spinach in the chard yeah and they they cut uh, kind of holes everywhere make uh, make the plant and the spinach really gets ruffled up it doesn't hurt hurt it you can still eat it but it just doesn't look good and your yield is yeah that's it's, it's widespread in other words uh we've been having complaints from organic gardeners uh out uh, uh west uh out around uh, uh uvalde and uh, carrizo springs and yeah, you get you get spo- get spoiled with caterpillars you think because bt oh, moves yeah. pretty quick with them yeah. but then that that's usually what the the plea is I've been using BT and it usually works, but this is nothing's happened. And uh, is this little green beetle have anything to do with it? No. And BT won't <laughs> BT won't phase it a bit. And yeah. uh, we we recommended uh, spinosad or spinosad, and uh, people have been getting uh, not not good results with yeah. with uh, spinosad. I use malathion. My, uh, that's what I have. I and in, in the past, I think I've had a fair, a good a luck with uh, seven too. But yeah, and uh, you know, we're talking about chemicals there, man-made manufactured chemicals. chemicals. But uh, if you look at the label, uh, the uh, duration time between. Use and uh, like spraying like and use carbaryl yeah. seven, and uh, and malathion is just a couple of days. Yeah, forty eight hours usually. Yeah, so you can, you can go in there and harvest, and then spray, and by the time you're ready to harvest again, the product is gone. The chemical yeah. is gone. So t- give that a try. Now another thing I would be, this is perfect. And I have this question all the time, you know, and I, when I mention the slugs and snails, they say, well, surely it's too cold for those slugs and snails. <laughs> no, man, man, they're... They're Texas slugs and snails. Yeah, they're, they're in every crevice in your garden, yeah. and they all those moist corners and uh, uh, edges, and they're, they're, you want to do... Jer- Jerry goes out at 2 a.m. to look at the... Uh, possums. Possums and the amarillos. <laughs> but if you go out there after dark... You see the slug, slugs the and snails, or yeah. or you can even see them on your if you got a concrete. You know, it always uh, always bothers me the little the basketball court we have. You know, and you look and all these slug trails all the way. It's yeah. like there's a mass migration <laughs> heading towards my garden. And, uh, and if you don't believe, if you think you don't have them, if you think you don't have them, put out some snail and slug bait. Some of the baits that they use, and some of them are organic. And uh, watch how it attracts, how many will be dead. Yeah, and you'll one. have little bo- their little bodies. Now, another thing that's pretty, if you want to see, really see them, uh, put out a couple of uh, cups, sink a couple of cups and put a, fill them half full of beer. And well, that, yeah, We talked that, about this before. That really, <laughs> that really, now you can, you know, if you do it every three foot, that makes an effective uh, control and organic control, but if you just want to see the numbers that are there, and they'll, uh, they, they the slugs and snails are attracted to that beer, 
and uh, fills up. As a lot of a people. lot of people are. Yeah, it fills up. Of <laughs> course, now the, 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 the slugs and snails are not fussier than most human beer drinkers. There you, know? you go. It can be stale beer. It can uh, be cheap okay, beer. But you, you talk about still low, go what about low fat? I mean, uh, uh, low calorie. Low, low calorie. Beer. Yeah. Do you have to? Is you just put the cups on the ground flat, or do you sink, put them in? Okay. Sink how far them. do you have to put them in? Well, I sink them level with the ground. Okay, so the so the lip of the yeah. cup is at the uh, and if you've got uh, a typical uh, oh, garden, you know, like a raised bed that's been there a while, and there's edges and and uh, uh, organic material that's decomposed, you, they'll fill out, fill up in two nights. Yeah, the, it's the amazing. Cups. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just want to see if you want to see that or go out at. Go out at the night with the flashlight, and sometimes you experience the same now, thing. Do, you, do y'all do the old salt? Put the salt on the slug if you uh, find that's them. That's kind of a sore spot with me. Uh oh. Because I, 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 I was thinking that Barry may have done that. Oh, I've done that because oh, of, I've done of that. his tying the uh, uh, with the the, the mice on the kite. Tying yeah. the mice on oh, the yeah. kite. I know he's uh, putting salt on oh, the slug. Oh yeah, we did that when I was a kid. <laughs> sure. You 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 didn't have a lot to do when you were a kid. I, I can was, tell. Well, no, I had. That's the problem. I had too much time. Did in you have? <laughs> yeah, I did it uh, when I uh, lived in uh, one of the suburbs of uh, Minnesota, and I <laughs> the neighbor kids Uh-oh. came over. It was a kind of a rainy, drizzly day like this, uh-huh. and they were kind of bored, and they were doing the <laughs> broccoli like thing, and so I said, "Here." We'll get some salt. We'll do it on the. Oh, look at all these slugs and snails. So we poured it on, and of course they all, the slugs and they're all. They dis. They just yeah, melt. Disintegrating. They melt. And I got heck from their mother about them they having did, nightmares. Yeah, that's that. what I. Oh really? Say. They, didn't, I, they, didn't, they didn't sleep I, for two I said, weeks. You, you can't. Ah. You you can't be. <laughs> I mean, you're just teasing, right? And she says uh, that screaming was no teasing. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't show kids. Uh, no, I'm glad you didn't tell them about the mice on the couch. Yeah, no, yeah, that was a that's a Canadian thing, apparently. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, and I'm, su- I'm surprised that we we were so good at it. It should have been an Olympic event. Uh, but I blame my brother and my older cousins because they're the ones. They're the that ones that taught you how to it's, do it. It's like it's not the it's not the kid. It's the teacher that taught the kid. There you go. That's why that's and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, it's no worse than than uh, most most kids in a rural area with their BB guns. Oh yeah, they'll they'll shoot squirrels shoot or birds or, birds or whatever cats. Yeah, the same birds I treasure. Um, I, luckily, I was not a good shot. I'm mm-hmm. afraid, I don't even want to hear about <coughs> Jerry, who's always been a good shot. We kill thousands a day. <laughs> birds, uh, sparrows, sparrows, English sparrows. And Starling. starlings. Starlings are easy. Uh, Do- doves are easy. Well, they're we big, but. We used to get, um, on our property, we used to get, well, we called it prairie chicken. Oh, yeah. And, and they're not very they're not very smart because, even, like, I was a terrible shot, and I would miss, and they would just sit there in the tree. My brother would then get them, ping, you know. And Rough. They weren't, they weren't that smart. Uh-huh. They're good to eat, too. Oh, they're really good. They are really good eating. Um, they're they're kind of. It's get scarce, aren't they? Yeah. Some some of the varieties. Yeah. Rough grouse. Mm-hmm. Now, rough grouse though wouldn't sit still. If you got a shot in a tree, you 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 uh, count up your blessings. Yeah, because <laughs> they, you know, if you didn't pay attention, they they came shooting out of those 
rush and thickets. And we we used to have a uh, problem on the <coughs> farm with uh, magpies. Oh yeah. Yeah. So my we my brother did more shooting above, you know, and getting and scattering them. And what's the bird down here? The grackle? Is that? Yeah. How we see yeah. them down? How, I always see them down on the medical center on the on the on the wires between. It's like, and they're all over the place. And I've seen them at other right. places, but I've I've never seen a concentration of birds like the grackles like I've seen here in San Antonio. Oh, no, no, yeah, they. Well, they're, they're as are they are they do they make uh, uh, problems for plants and not, and, not or not for, not for plants, but they're they're an urban problem because of the droppings. Mm-hmm. And the noise. Yeah, the noise. They're not, the medical they're not, center. They're not really uh, careful about where they poop. Yeah. No. Medical care. center do, has a, they used to have a, you know, like a committee that would meet and mm-hmm. and put together strategies on how, how you know, this, this last year the they were just, the grackles were so thick over the, by this building or this parking lot, we've mm-hmm. got to do something there. And they've tried well, what, every. Well, what can you do, though? It's just oh, the, you, you use. Uh, just like they, they do at the batons, yeah. They put owls and uh, noise, noisemakers. What's worse, the noisemaker or the actual? Yeah, and they birds used to the they noise. used to actually have people downtown that would go around and uh, roust them, just to uh, have kind of I don't know what the guns were, little pop guns kind of thing, noisy things. Like a just like an air gun or something yeah. like that. Yeah, or, but it was noisy. It was mm-hmm. like a shotgun noise. Maybe it was a shotgun without any. I don't Pell- know. Yeah, blanks. Yeah. Blanks. Yeah. Yeah. blanks. But, you know, move them along, and you, 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 the most sensitive areas you patrolled, and then you hope they'd go someplace. Yeah, give, it some, give them somebody else's problem. <laughs> we get them out of here, it's somebody else's problem. Yeah. Wow. But the uh, Audubon magazine that just came out a couple uh, days ago had pictures of the starling flocks. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're mostly interested in the... Uh, uh, the hawks that were feeding, and so they were getting, you know, the fl- the, f- the starling flock, and uh, and those hawks were kind of uh, picking them, hurting, off. yeah, hurting mm-hmm. them and picking them off, yeah, and it was just a, yes. it's kind of amazing ph- photography study. Yeah, was, speaking that, of that speaking of hawks, here at the uh, Salem Log Cabin, we have this hawk. She's got a nest. She's had a nest up here she in the falcon? corner. I don't. I. I'm, I thought. I think it's a hawk. I'm not sure if it's a hawk or a falcon, but she's got this incredible wingspan. Like, and when she comes down, she'll come out in the. You can see her from not a red tail, right? No. no, and she's. I know she's got. Well, she um, I, she's got a nest in the corner on on the top because we are on the top floor of the log cabin, and she's she's out there, and you can see her just flying around, and she's got this beautiful long wingspan, and just it's just great to watch. Sounds like uh, a red tail hog, doesn't it? No, nah, well, with that big fal- room, it could be a. Yeah, the falcons are notorious for those buildings. I saw Cooper's hawk just a uh, couple houses down from the parking lot when I came over here to your cabin. Uh, yeah, that that she was just sitting in a tree. She had, mm-hmm. didn't seem to be hunting or anything. But mm-hmm. there's a lot, a lot of a lot of hawks out there, and they're really kind of fun to see. Jerry, Jerry. Uh, made a couple of trips. Oh, when we were planting blue bonnets or something, Jerry stopped by at my place and just in time for a, <laughs> a sharpshin hawk to attack this vine ar- arbor and go in there and reaching in there after 
after sparrows. And they were going from one. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was in the front. Or excuse me, was a she. Uh, where, where the hawk was in the front, the birds were coming out the back mm. uh, that, that of that hedge. Yeah. And they, and they were they were in a hurry to get away. You know, they were gonna go. I gotta go. I don't, you don't <laughs> got to go home, but you got to get out of here. Then um, there was uh, the uh, as a Cooper's hawk. The my irrigation contractor was there, and the Cooper's hawk. You know, like three doves. The white winged doves are almost as big as the Cooper's hawk. Oh she, yeah, she was out going man. Mm. She was. And I didn't. She never caught one, but uh, she was chasing after them through the. Through the woods, it was kind of a fascinating <laughs> thing, too. Well, we got a couple of minutes, and we're going uh, to take another break here on our, if you're just joining us, is our special Christmas Eve edition. We can mention the the bird feeding. This is a great time. If you if you haven't been bird feeding the birds, sunflower seeds, we'll bring them in. The, I've seen American goldfinches uh, this week, so there's some in town. They're always fun to watch. And the lesser goldfinches were use thistle suet. Uh, yeah. Jerry and Milton and I uh, use these suet blocks, and so then you get the insect eaters. Mm. You get uh, oh the uh, even some warblers, orange crowned yeah. warblers, and kinglets, uh, and of course the the blue jays and the woodpeckers and the starlings really yeah. really like them too. But that's a lot of fun. Uh, they're easy to observe and uh, put them and out there. Because you might see, you might the the hawks might help you find. You might find them. <laughs> yeah, too, they'll find them really quick. But they don't. They don't do that much damage. I like those suet, suet, suet feeders because the the birds hang upside down and eat. I don't know how they swallow. Well, it's because if they're ha- upside down, right? They're already. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. It's, I would think it'd be harder when you're standing on top of it trying <laughs> to get it out. It's just easier but to I, swallow. I feel sorry for like the that. little birds being upside, having to eat upside down. Well, it's just like a bat. Yeah. They, they yeah. sleep upside down. Yeah. I remember we had bats in our attic on this old farmhouse every time, and every time my dad and my uncle would go out and they'd reshingle. You know, the roof, these bats would come out, and my dad would go, it's a rat! And it's going, no, it's Did a Did they bat. smell? Uh, well, <laughs> I had them in a, a cabin that was built by the CCC. It was a re- re- really well, sturdy cabin, but, boy, it was tough to, to keep those bats out of the attic and uh, well, they, the lingering they, I don't smell. Know, I don't know if they smell, but what comes out of them sure does. Because there was yeah, all well over our, all over you know the the attic in the that's the same in, uh, in, in the house to me that's how does how, do, how does a bat poop when he hangs upside down very carefully and we'll get into that discussion uh, along with everything else I don't else. think so and we're talking <laughs> Millburgers Gardening South Texas we'll be back on nine thirty a.m. the answer. We don't have a sleigh, but we have a very nice log cabin for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. I'm Barry Best, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, and Milton's again on special assignment. He's almost done with your Christmas gifts, I've been told. He really You can expect him tonight or tomorrow, and yeah, maybe Tuesday. There you go. Yeah, maybe next week. It all depends. 
Um, he's building them to. instead of just mm-hmm. oh, buying yeah. them. That's where he's been the last couple of weeks. Oh, is he's, he's actually building. He's doing his whole Santa Claus thing. He's, mm-hmm. he's building them. I don't know if he's at the North you Pole. You suppose he builds as well as he gardens? I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's a little bit better. Yeah. Don't you? It have to be. This is our very special <laughs> Christmas Eve edition of Millburgers Gardening South Texas. The nursery not open today or tomorrow for Christmas. Back in action on Tuesday. So get your gift cards ready and head on down to Millburgers, 1604 and Valverde Road, Tuesday to get all your plant needs. And we uh, we were talking a little bit earlier, just before the break, about uh, birds and, you know, um, bird feeding and bird watching. And we were talking about, of course, um, bats and how they go to the bathroom. Yeah. And Dr. Jerry, you have an answer as to how bats do that. Because this has been brought up before. Okay. My, my Let's, fertile mind. Fertile has, mind has, is, has yeah, exactly. this. Which is especially good when you're talking manure. Yeah, when uh. you're talking manure, you got to have a fertile <laughs> mind. So... Please explain, Dr. Jerry. I have been told uh, that... And uh, extensive research. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that... Uh, Probably Malcolm. W- yeah, Malcolm Beck. Malcolm Beck was, yeah. made a study of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they hang upside down with both of their feet. Mm-hmm. And so their feet, feet are connected. So when they need to poop during the day, they just release one foot, hold on with one foot, which uh, tips them over a bit. Tips them over. Kind of like a tea kettle. Yeah. Except for what comes out of the tea kettle is not good this, in this situation. Well, I, uh, Malcolm t- used to be uh, in charge of uh, or having a lot to do with Bracken, Bracken Cave, the largest free-tail bat colony in the, in the world, I guess. But uh, he took me out there and... Because I wanted to get into the middle of it, mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the middle of it, you know, and bats coming out of there. Right. I, I didn't want to stay up on the hill with the sissies. <laughs> and uh, Milton went out there, too. Was he? Oh, I'd love to have seen that. <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I can't remember whether I made him go down by where the bats come out or not. But the funny thing about it, uh, Miss Beck, Delphine was out there, too, Miss Beck. And, uh, the uh, she she told she told somebody said when when they come up make sure they bathe tonight because those bats are like Kevin said they're coming out of there and pooping and everything else and I was in the middle of them I mean right in the middle of thousands tens mm-hmm. of thousands of bats and uh, not not a one of them run in, ran into me really they all just kind of yeah really. And so uh, they they do the radar thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and so uh, but she, anyway, she said that uh, with those with those bats flying around him, uh, he's gonna need to bathe. <coughs> and so uh, so we did, but uh, there's some bat the, those pictures on um, uh, plantanswers dot com under the. Uh, 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 under the picture in the picture section, I think it's on the uh, questions with with photos mm-hmm. uh, in that category, and uh, the question is: uh, Do bats care rabies? Or do bats color? Do you have rabies? Mm-hmm. And uh, and the, the answer is: I think they they can be a vector for for rabies. But uh, how do we get off on bats? 
I've been but, talking about birds, and then I brought up the fact that I grew up with bats in the attic in the farmhouse that I grew up in. Well, you know that famous uh, Manu, uh, the basketball player who... Oh, Manu Ginobili. Uh, knocked, he, yeah, yeah. Knocked, knocked a bat out of the air. Twice at the AT&T Center they had a bat. And then he, pu- and then he picked it up and carried it and yep. threw it in the garbage. And then They made him get yep, rabies shots. He had to have shots. Um, I guess we were getting out to that. There, what's that? The street in Austin where the bats are like under the bridge. Yeah, the bridge. Uh, yeah. Well, I can't remember. It's down. It's downtown somewhere in in uh-huh. Austin. That's yeah. That's a, like a, it's like a tourist attraction. People want to go there to oh, see all these yeah. all these bats on, uh, under the bridge. And maybe I'm mistaken, but the new part of the Riverwalk here, um, the the new part around where the Pearl Brewery is. Right. I think there's a lot of bats that hang out underneath that, the, there's one, a, of the, yeah, one of the streets. Steve Brown is, is, is uh, not a remote from down there. Like, bats are fascinating creatures because a lot of people are scared. Like, you know, you were talking about yeah. being in the middle of the of the cabin. They're all coming at you, these 10,000 bats. But they're really beautiful. Like, they're amazing creatures because growing up where I grew up, we, we had a lot of bats. And you would see them flying around. And they're, you know, a little scary when you think about looking because they look like they're Vampires. Vampires. <laughs> but they're really, you know, amazing. I don't, uh, they're rodents. I'm, I'm thinking. They're, yeah, they're I think rodents. you're right. But Animals, they're, yeah. they're, they're just, they're, the way they fly and the, 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 the sound that their wings make is. Of course. Yeah, well, it's probably not good to call them rodents. They're mammals that eat insects usually, so they're, they're beneficial. But, but a lot of that is we're trying to talk ourselves into yeah. liking them. We should like them more than we, we do. But you get panic, you know, when you've got a couple of little kids and one gets in your house mm-hmm. and, you you know, you think about the rabies and the first thing you do is cover the kids with a blanket and then get your broom out and yeah. try to. A tennis racket. Yeah. A tennis racket's yeah, well, good, too. Yeah. Or yeah. a broom. <laughs> and they become what's what's the badminton birdie? They become a real There you go. You there you go. You use your tennis That's racket. Right. But they, they eat lots of insects. Uh, important part of a. A, uh, solid or strong ecology, so yeah. it is it is worthwhile to protect them. And uh, of course, the the numbers are dwindling at the bat cave. I mean, you know, we're looking at a couple of thousand less almost every year. They don't know why, but uh, uh, and didn't didn't Steve Brown put up a bat house? Oh, he did one time. Yeah, and he had <laughs> cameras. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was gonna, it was gonna. Uh, implied that it would, we'd kind of have to phase out the gardening because there'd be so much to see in the oh, in the bat, bat action. You know, of course, he never, never got a bat in uh. two years, <laughs> and it got, it got so bad he was showing. Maybe the lease was too much. Yeah, he was showing, he was showing pictures of the flies and the wasps that got, uh. yeah, that got shown on camera. That's all that was in his bat bat house. <laughs> But uh, the uh, they're interesting to watch, and uh, I, I was worried about taking pictures of them, you know, in all the surrounded mm-hmm. by. Since you're so skillful with butterflies, tens of, uh, yeah, tens of thousands. But, but uh, if you look at those pictures on plantashes dot com, uh, under our do bats scare rabies or do, you know are bats dangerous or something like that, but uh, you see. That I it was in dark. I mean, it was in pitch dark, and uh, I used a flash, which lit up their eyes too. 
you know, they really look scary with, with mm. oh yeah, glowing eyes and mm -hmm. and you can see how and you can see how many's around us. Uh, my brother was down, and we took him out there. And uh, Jeremy, Jeremy was was my helper because if you, you can catch a, a bat easy with a butterfly net, because they can't see it and mm -hmm. fly away from it. And so I wanted to get a close up of a of a bat. And so Jeremy took the butterfly net, and just all you had to do is hold it up because it's thousands of them around you. And then we took a picture of him in the butterfly net. I've seen him closer than I wanted to. The one one time, one of the reasons why I always recommend you, uh, as soon as the martins leave, you lower your martins martin houses because they'll they'll get in there. And that one time I was climbing up the ladder and. Yeah, lowering the Martin House, and they came out, and I just thought, you know, two or three, <laughs> and they just kept coming out, and coming out. <laughs> it was one of those uh, pee in your pants times. Uh, really you know? bad Hitchcock movie that was coming yeah, out to you know, I, I, I swear there were sixteen, seventeen bats wow, that kind of came out of that. House. Yeah, and it, uh, needless to say, I. Uh, Quit working on the beard houses yeah. for a couple of days. For a couple there. of days, Eddie Conrad. Yeah. Take a break here. And then uh, the other thing, I guess, the wasps sometimes will go in the, oh, the Martin yeah, House. Oh, yeah, that's no fun. Yeah, you want to get them, and, and the English sparrows, you want to get those, as soon as the Martins leave, you want to get them down, and then you put them up just in time for them to come back. So not only do you get great answers on plants, but on birds, there bats, everything. We're, it's like, it's like, uh, Multifaction here on Milberger's potpourri, Gardening huh? a pope, yes, a potpourri of information. <laughs> that's that's the new uh, branding for. for well, the and show. it's even especially good uh, our show because we got one young person, me, and then one older person, Cherry. <laughs> hey, hey, oh, <laughs> ouch! Here's your knife. We'll just clean Actually, off that's coming now. up again in February. <laughs> yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, leap, leap ahead for Calvin for. <laughs> About uh, four or five months. Well, Terry's <laughs> a little more than a year old at nine is all. So, uh, but again, there is a period of time when I can remind him that he is older. So. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> for a few months. And it's it's a time for me to warn him or, or tell him that he should respect me more because I'm older. Oh, you're. Oh, yeah. hey, it's, you know what? I've seen so much respect for you out of Calvin. Is that right? Oh, well. Yeah. Where did you really? Uh, <laughs> well, maybe it's Obviously not. It's not maybe something. it's not really sus respect as tolerance. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, um, in, in the time that I've worked with both of you here in the last few weeks, it's been great because um, not only are you guys like experts in what you what you talk about, but what I like about the show and what uh, just seeing you guys do the show, it's all in your. It's all up here. It's like you don't have to research. It's everything that you talk about. People will come up to you at the nursery during the show, and they'll bring up a plant, and you know you can diagnose it by looking at it. You don't have to really think about it or research it. It's all right there, and that's what having you guys on the air uh, for Milberger's Garden in I South Texas. I might change my opinion of him. Uh, See? Uh, <laughs> well, so. maybe. No, come on. Maybe. Little, come on. It's a little early. It's, it's yeah. a little <laughs> early for that. I still got, we still got a little bit more of the show to go, and I'm probably going to come in a little bit more over the next few weeks. Uh, but that that's what's great about it because, folks, I watch these guys, you know, when, I, when I'm when i hosting the show, and I'm not – I'm just the guy who gets in and out of breaks. These guys are the experts, but they really, really know what they're talking about, and 
I know there's a lot of other um, gardening experts that are on other radio programs are just as, you know, they're just as credible, but I'm just amazed by you guys just sit there and, you know, you and anybody can come up with, and I've never seen you guys get stumped on a, a, a question. Um, you may have to come and go back and forth between the two of you to figure it out, but you yeah. never get stumped. And that's oh, we've been stumped. Oh, you're not supposed to say that, Calvin. Oh, but but that if if there's somebody that says they never got stumped, then you be, then you become suspicious because yeah. horticulture that's part of that's fascination. Because it's, it's not uh, just like okay, so complex. Somebody said yeah. fifty or sixty years ago, this is what this answer is for this yeah. plant. But that'll change over the course of and, just a couple of years, really. And like the elder Yeah, descriptions of symptoms mm-hmm. are so uh, different too. Mm-hmm. So you know, we've we many times we experience we sit there and we listen. We could talk to somebody for fifteen minutes, and we don't figure it out. And then you go look at it, and they say. Well, why did you say it was this color? It's not that color, you know. And you figure figure it out. So that it, that makes it. That's what makes it fun. But and it's also what it, makes it difficult. Then we got the help of the audience. Right. Our audience is great. And that's we got a lot of skilled gardeners. And there's there. a lot of people that'll call in and um, that'll call in on a regular basis and and give you updates. And and they're really knowledgeable people. I've really found in in working with y'all the last few yeah. weeks. Very knowledgeable, very uh, uh, friendly when they come up to the show, and they—it's almost like they know you like your family. Yeah, some of them feel sorry for us, so they thought mm-hmm. we—they better support I was, us. I yeah. was trying to get. They us. used to be, you know, uh, twenty years ago. Those two were sharper, but <laughs> I was trying to skirt around that. But anyways, it says Millburgers Gardening, South mm-hmm. Texas, our special Christmas Eve edition. The nursery's closed today and tomorrow, back open on Tuesday, and we'll be right back on. 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Santa Claus is coming to town. Do you hear me? Well, listen. He knows if you are sleeping. Yeah, he knows if you're awake. And he knows if you've been good or bad. So you better be good for goodness sake. Hey, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Is the fire okay, you guys? Everything's all right? It's not too hot? It hasn't burned you yet? Uh, With only one more segment, we might make it. Okay. It is Millburgers Gardening South Texas. I'm Barry Bess, and for Milton Glick, with uh, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, and... We're just kind of uh, sitting here on a Christmas Eve enjoying the palatious Salem log cabin with the fire and the hot chocolate. And no, the pastries are running late. So I don't know if we're going to get them by the time the show ends, oh, Calvin. No. I'm sorry. But, uh, well, maybe they'll be here. Well, I'll bring them in for New Year's. How's that? Well, they'll be pretty stale by then. Well, I can't guarantee that they're going to run, but I'll bring them. You can try them and see if you like them. I'll, you know, should we change the topic and talk about onions? Hey, I'm always up for onions. Shall sound, we? Sound like a pretty stinking subject. Oh, <laughs> not not our modern onions. Okay, don't you remember that? There's a complaint that they're too mild. Too and mild. They are, and the, and the whole sense. thing about onions when you cut them and they and makes people tear up. Mm-hmm. What is that like? That's it doesn't. I don't. I've never been really affected by that, but I really? know people that get affected. By oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. The old yeah the old fashioned mm-hmm. onions with the I think sulfur. 
yeah. gas, sulfur so, gas. In, that within the oven. Because yeah, that, I know people tear up when they when they cut into onions. Now, do they tear up with those kind of, not these modern onions, do they? I'm, I'm just going by. Yeah, a little you know. bit. A little bit? My my daughter was cutting up one the other day, and she was had to walk away a couple of times. I mean, she was dicing it, you know. And this is an example with the uh, onion varieties that we have available. An example of going so far in one direction and then retreating a little bit. We've spent, oh, to, onion breeders have spent years and years breeding these mild onions, you know, 10, 15, and Four, Bermudas, 40, all 40 those. years. And, yeah. And uh, so, you know, just the sweet onions, so mild. And then starting a few years ago, we had, some of our listeners were complaining about doesn't even taste like onions anymore. You yeah, know? it's true. not pungent enough for them. So we red creole showed up, and there's some other, a couple of other ones that have got a little bit of the old onion flavor to it. Which, for some recipes, it's which, more you know more desirable to ha- have it really taste like I, an onion. I like it. Speaking of um, you know Christmas and turkey and stuffing, I really like a good onion flavor in the in the uh, stuffing. Yeah. And my mom, you know, she she would put so many onions in. You could you could smell them. You know, like she would fry them up first, mm-hmm. and then she would put them in. I tell you what, that's nothing beats. A, a, I'll, I'll take a whole bunch of onions in my um, um, stuffing as opposed to anything. That is just uh-huh. that's that's Christmas to me. Well, it won't, if you plant your onions now, they won't be ready for Christmas. But uh, one of the Neat things about gardening here is that it's really easy to produce a lot of high-quality onions. Mm-hmm. Plant them now. Uh, I always try to. I always plant them like two inches apart in the row, and then I then you you have to thin to them out. Thin everyone. Use every, them for green onions. Yeah. Uh, so the if you don't if you're not interested in doing that, you can go four inches in the row, and then you can just plant every other one trans to pull it out for. Green onions. My garden, generally, they about May 15th, they get ready. It depends on when you planted them and, I guess, the conditions in your garden. But June 1st, sometimes, Yeah. harvest. Big. Big, uh, if you give them plenty of space and... Plenty of fertilizer. Fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing. We Copious amounts of osmocote. Some, there's something about... <laughs> Copious. It's uh, much easier to... Uh, to be comfortable fertilizing broccoli than it is onions. You just don't think about onions being a... Yeah, you don't You don't think that... Uh, you don't realize that uh, the tops of the onions, how, how many leaves, the onion leaves that you have at the top, determines how big the onion will be because uh, e- each leaf is a ring. You know, we eat onion rings, and the, the ring is a modified leaf. So if you don't have a lot of leaves on on the uh, on the onion, then uh, you're in in trouble. Uh, I I mean you're not gonna have a big onion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I, what I would recommend uh, if you're a judicious gardener, uh, when you buy a bunch of onions, which usually has over sixty plants in, in a bunch, uh, separate them before you plant them, if you're going to plant the whole bunch. And plant the little ones, the smallest ones, 
in the in one area and then plant the larger ones in another area. But by lar large, I mean side of a pencil. And uh, that way, if we've had onion, we had onions earlier this year than we ever had oh, before. Gosh. I waited though. <laughs> I also limited myself to one bundle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because you know, for years I planted at least three bundles, or I wanted to try every new selection. Yeah. But then I have, then I have my picnic table loaded with onions, and <laughs> about depending on the weather, you know, Thanksgiving or so, they they they're no good anymore. I have yeah. this whole pile, so one bundle is a lot of onions. Oh yeah, uh, over sixty, sixty-five. But uh, what 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 I'm worried about is these these earlier planted onions uh, are going to bolt going to flower because of this fluctuating temperatures. Especially those having, big ones. Especially the big, big onions, Bob. So I know this is, I know this doesn't make sense to you, but uh, I would use the big ones for green onions this year. Uh, well, anytime you plant onions before, transplant onions before, uh, uh, First of January, because uh, the bigger they are, the more likely that they will bolt. Now they're uh, our flower, send up a flower stalk, and once they send up that flower stalk right through the center of the onion, then it it, it won't store. Yeah, you just got to use it. They got to be the first ones you use. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I try that little experiment this year. What are what's uh, the most just use the big ones? What's the most popular variety of onions? Around ten fifteen here? around 15. here, but the and you explained what the ten fifteen means to me before, but I can't remember. What does the ten fifteen mean? It's a date. The date well, that they when they, when that what? you plant them in the so from seed uh, yeah. from seed. Okay. okay, but that's the most popular variety. Yeah, here? Jerry's got a uh, Tex Texas uh, prominent in the. In the research and development of the, all those onion varieties, we always folks always bragging about you know their favorite onion from wherever they're, f and uh, quite often it was Texas that you know was the ri originator of of the uh, parents for that kind of an onion. Mm -hmm. But it's on PlantAnswers.com. That's a great website, by the way, yeah. uh, PlantAnswers.com, yeah. because I. In when I would host for Milton, I like to go over there and like to kind of know what I'm talking about a little bit, and you can find out a lot of great answers, like what particular time of the year you should be doing what, like, you know, if, what time what should be uh, the, the pruning schedule, yeah. and the free and um, what should be on the lookout for. It's a great website for anybody who's like me, a very, 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 very novice. Yeah. And you can get the answers there if you can't get the answers by calling into the show here or coming by Millburgers. How yeah. about? Uh, I always th I always think of potatoes too this time of the year. Mm -hmm. It's a little. I always target like February first. Mm -hmm. You think that's too early yeah, for early no, planting no. or for harvesting? Yeah. No, uh, uh, it, it will when you when you put the plant the potatoes in the, in the ground. Uh, it'll take a while for the eyes to sprout, for the for the sprouts to come up, and. Uh, I don't know if you know how to plant potatoes, but again, on plantanswers.com, under under uh, vegetables, we've got a, a link 
to the uh, to the A and M site and uh, a drawings of how to plant potatoes. Now, those of you who've grown potatoes before know, know, know it by heart, but like you said, we have a lot of novice gardeners. Now, uh, that I know how to do because out. that was one of my jobs as a kid was to plant potatoes. That was, that was one of my— How'd yeah, you do it? Not very well. <laughs> you dig? You did dig? You, and you, you dig the trough? Yeah. Oh, like, you know, you would have your mounds, you know, if yeah. you went down the row. and always surprised me in the, the potato growing, like Minnesota and Maine and— Idaho in those places, you know, the muck soils always. Yeah. Uh, grew, grew some soils, but they, uh, uh, weed, weed, I guess weeds weren't much of a problem, and the fertility was never a huge then, issue with potatoes. We always yeah. had our, our, in our cellar in at the old farmhouse, we had the, the bin, the potato bin, that we harvest the potatoes, we throw them in the bin, and they'd get all the little... Um, Worms? No, 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 no. Sprouts? No. Well, the sprouts going on the, the side sprouts. of it. So, yeah, we'd have like a big old like potato bin down in there. And you just, again, you know, when you when you grew up in the, when grew up on the farm and the, I grew up in the 70s. And rutabagas was down there and cabbage. Yeah, cabbage. Um, I would talk about uh, rhubarb as uh, one of my favorite my, uh, pies that my grandma used to always make was a rhubarb strawberry oh, pie. Yeah. And rhubarb just grew like a, almost like a weed. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm from, like and, charred. Yeah, and it's and and you you mentioned rhubarb down here, and people some people know about it, and some people are going what? Well, you can grow it for a short time. Mm. We about every ten years we experiment, so the nurseries will get it, and it just and we'll, it's funny because people will put it in their garden. They say, "Why did you guys say rhubarb doesn't grow here? It's just growing like mad, and it tastes good for you know it's like five weeks, and then one of those hot days mm-hmm. comes." And it just melts. Yeah, it melts yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, just down. It's just unbelievable. It's it's like a papaya when the cold weather comes. <laughs> it's suddenly this vigorous plant is just mush. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of my favorite memories of, you know, going, you know, because you go into, uh, my grandmother had a smaller garden as I was getting older because she was getting older too and she couldn't maintain, you know, a, a full garden. But I tell you what, that rhubarb patch was a huge, and and we would go and you know us and other neighbors. They're and pretty plants. Oh, they're very pretty. Now, if you never had a rhubarb, it's a little sour to just chomp it off of the off the off. It's, it's like, it looks almost like a celery root, and you chomp it off, and it's pretty sour. I didn't know you could eat rhubarb. Rub- oh yeah, fresh. Oh, yeah. We oh, used yeah. to do it. We used yeah. to do that as kids all the fresh. time. Yeah. yeah, right but, out of the ground. Yeah, you didn't you you didn't have to worry about the kids. Eating it all in the garden, though you know you yeah. had about one or two pieces. Yeah, because it. it was it's pretty sour. It's a, but you know you, we would go out there with a uh, little sugar bowl, and we go and get the rhubarb and pull out a stalk and dip it in, eat it. It was the best. I tell you what, I miss those. Stra- strawberry rhubarb pie. Oh, too. that uh, that was my grandma. That was her thing. It's like my mom tried to make it and not uh, that. Could never duplicate that. So that's yeah. you know, and that's going back to what we talked about last hour about some memories that you have as you know, maybe as growing up in if your parents were gardeners or your grandparents or your whatever. That's just some of the memories that I, I and I remember we had in our in our yard um, we had this huge raspberry bush that went for I bet you a quarter of a mile yeah. up our property yeah. right. And that was for summertime. That was your dessert every night. You go out to the raspberry bush and you pick your raspberries. You clean them off, and sometimes you didn't even clean them off, and you eat them with the little uh, the green aphids or whatever that they made. You eat oh, them the off. aphids! Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Hey, you know, no, no time to clean. You got to eat. Well, we uh, introduced Milton to an experience, experience like that. Jerry brought uh, some uh, blackberries from yeah. his garden that uh, were infected with stink bugs. <laughs> and uh, uh, I call them blackberry uh, bitter bugs. Yeah. And, uh, and, well, it does and I don't make, think Milton uh, believed me, you know. Yeah. So I brought him. <laughs> Milton wouldn't believe you on something? Uh, yeah, I brought oh. him some black blackberries covered with blackberry bitter bugs. And they are, it really oh, does affect the fruit. Bitter. Mm-hmm. bitter. So, well, fellas, we're running out of time here. No. We, yeah, it's been fun. We've been having a good time. I know. It was great spending Christmas Eve with you guys. I thought we were going to sing Christmas carols. We never did get to it. I was. I, I kind of floated that idea, and then I got a return of, no. Nah. <laughs> no, nah, don't, uh, don't Milton sing. probably had something to say with that. He's heard us I sing. Th- I think it, yeah. you haven't heard me sing. Nobody wants to hear <laughs> me sing. Man. But, um, guys, uh, thank you very much for coming out uh, to the uh, Salem Lodge uh, today for our Christmas Eve edition of Millburgers Gardening South Texas. The nursery is closed today. It'll be closed tomorrow for Christmas, but reopen on Tuesday. So just get uh, hang on to those gift cards for a couple of more days um, if you're getting them for, for Christmas. And then we'll be back on the air live from Millburgers next weekend, next Saturday and Sunday, always at noon. Dr. Jerry, Dr. Calvin, Merry Christmas to you both. Merry Christmas. And we will talk to you all again next and a weekend. Happy New Year! Happy next New week, Year, I guess. Yeah, it would be uh, a week from. Let's see, a week from tomorrow. Correct. All right. Have a merry Christmas, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day. We go from plants to gun, or actually, plants to pets. Next, pet talk is next on nine thirty a.m. The answer. Laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring. Making spirits bright. What fun it is to laugh and sing in a sleighing song tonight. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in one. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 